0: Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on a holy weekend, Easter weekend. So I don't know what you're doing Saturday. I'm going to be spending time with family later today reflecting on the blessings of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, also reflecting on what His life, His time with us here on earth has meant, His journey, His death, His resurrection, but also going to be spending some time with my family, my children, my nephews, hunting some Easter eggs, whatever relation that happens to this time of year. Uh, And so probably wearing some pastel colors or whatever we're supposed to do this time of year to blend into our American and Texas culture. But, hey, it's wonderful, too, because, you know, not everyone, when they celebrate Easter and go through this weekend, it means the same to them. But for many of you know, even if they're not going to church, you'll oftentimes see the churches are a little bit more populated this time of year. And sometimes I can be like one of those, you know, older uh, people who it's like, oh, great. There's a lot of people here. I didn't get here in time, whatever. But I, I was doing that Palm Sunday, but I was trying to also force myself, if you will, or reflect to rejoice. You know, more people are deciding to come this weekend. You know, maybe it will result in them coming back. So we really have to try to keep a good perspective on those things, Um, because I also try to focus on what it means to me individually, and so this time of year. um, And there's somebody in my family that uh, is going to be spending time with us at church this Sunday, and we haven't gone to church together in a while, so I'm excited about that as well. But a lot of things happened this week. You know, on this show, we talk about the issues of faith, family, and freedom. We talk about them as they happen in the courts, the legislature, and the media. And so, a lot happened on those issues this week we 're going to cover some of that, and you know oftentimes we have guests that join us on our show that can give us different perspective on some of the different things that have happened during the week uh, recently, and really mainly as they pertain to the state of texas and So you know, I have the pleasure of not only working on these issues but also traveling around the state, meeting interesting people. Um, you know, meeting people that are involved in issues of faith, family, and freedom that are involved in service, that are involved in ministry. And one of those people that I have a part of doing that is Pastor Steve Branson. So Pastor Branson is going to be our guest today, Pastor Branson, is the pastor of Village Parkway Baptist Church. He's been in that position since 1994. He's graduated from Lamar University with a degree in marketing. He's got his Master's of Divinity and Ministry from Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. And he and I have got to work on a lot of different issues together. So I'm excited to have him on the show this uh, afternoon. Pastor Branson, how you doing today, sir?
1: I'm doing
0: well. Doing very well. How are you? I'm doing great. It's good to have you on. I know that um, you probably saw some of our friends this past weekend in San Antonio. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about, you know, the the issue of Easter. I want to talk about some of the things that we've seen happening on religious freedom here in Texas, and also a little bit about some disturbing news we see coming out of different parts of the world. Um, some of these attacks that happened on, the church, on a church church a Coptic uh, Christian church out in Egypt, but let's start a little bit talking about, you know, we talk about a lot of policy issues, but, you know, you're a pastor of a church. Even though you care about the policy issues we work on, um, you're involved in directly ministering to people and serving an important role. Tell us a little bit about what this week is like for you as a pastor of a church on Easter week.
1: It's a very busy weekend, I can always tell you that. Uh, it's kind of one of our focal points of the year, because any time you can stop and spend time reflecting upon the resurrection of Jesus Christ, uh, it's a very important time. And so I, I love Easter. Uh, you know, Our churches are full on Easter. Uh, what I find fascinating, I've been at Village for 24 years, is on Easter Sunday, that's the church that I know that comes all the time. But it's the one time we all come together in a really big way uh way American schedules are and everything else, people coming and going so crazy half the time. And so I, I always enjoy Easter Sunday. It's a great day of uh, music, celebration. Uh, we do Lord's Supper. We do all kinds of different things that are part of our faith. Uh, it just makes for a great time of reflection. And I think a great time of motivation because we do what you and I do what we do because of the fact that Jesus Christ is alive and the hope we have in him. In fact, Paul said that the grace of, he, he was what he was by the grace of God, and that gave him the ability to work even harder. And I think it's a weekend like this that motivates both you and I to go back to Austin or different things we are involved in and to be able to stand for, for the truths that we know to be true and will impact people's lives in a good way. So it really is a very important time, and it's a very core foundation of what you and I believe. The resurrection of Christ sets the stage for everything.
0: Well, and, you know, oftentimes—and and, I'll just speak from my perspective as a layperson, if you will. I mean, I do run a Judeo-Christian nonprofit organization. I do see it as a ministry, but, you know, it's different in as far as my role than versus your role uh, serving as a pastor of a church. But it seems like it can also be an opportunity, right? So we can kind of put on display— for people that maybe don't come to church as often, maybe somebody's in town, they're visiting a church and so and not that we have to put on a fake show, but you know we put on our best show right, and so we put on our best behavior people that are coming to church, and you know the and sometimes their expectations are very high, right they expect us all to be perfect and you know and and they just have all these kind of notions of what it is like to go to church or maybe they haven't been in a while and so but it is a great opportunity for us to, you know, really show the best of ourselves as Christians, and, and you know, obviously we need redemption as well. We need forgiveness every day. We're not perfect, uh, even though we try to live in that faith on a regular basis, but I do oftentimes see it as that opportunity in that ceremony on that day to really show some great things, and maybe people will say, you know what? Maybe I had it wrong about the church, or maybe I had it wrong about Christians. Maybe, maybe I'll give this another look.
1: You know, the message of the gospel is very, very simple, and it's just simply this. We all fell short. There are none of us that are good enough. Uh, We've all sinned. we come short of the glory of God. But Jesus Christ came, lived a perfect life, loved us so much that he was willing to sacrifice himself, die in our place, that we would not face the judgment of God. He was buried three days. He was resurrected. He appeared to Peter. appeared to the twelve. He appeared to over 500 at one time. Uh, he appeared, I think, one of the most fascinating things. He appeared to his brother James, and James always thought it was a little crazy at first in the Gospels when you read about the relationship between James and Jesus. But then James was never the same man ever again because the resurrection has that great impact. And so when people come on Easter Sunday, they're going to hear the Gospel. Uh, I'm just like the Apostle Paul, especially in the culture which you and I now live in. I'm to the point now where I really hold even greater Romans 1.16. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ our Lord, for it's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jews and to the, to the Gentiles. And so Easter is a time for, as a pastor for me to proclaim the, the good news that is in Christ, and that has impact. And the Lord uses that to touch lives and, and uh, change hearts. And it makes those of us who are already walking with him stop and reevaluate. Am I walking right? Am I taking seriously my faith? Am I I'm being salt and light in the world, which he called me to? Am I living a life of love? And so that's what the power of, of the good news does. It, it makes us look that we walk correctly. We, we live a life that sh- demonstrates to our family and our friends, and it's real. We still struggle. It's very difficult. This world's never easy. But the gospel gives us that foundation upon which to move forward. And so Easter is a great time of everyone coming together and reflecting on some really great insights of life that we find in Christ. And so I, I always enjoy it. It's one of my great times of the year. And it is great motivation as we move into the summertime also as we go about life to be able to live out fully these great and simple truths that we find in
0: Christ. Well, we're talking with our good friend, Dr. Steve Branson, who is the pastor of Village Parkway Baptist Church in the San Antonio area. Um, He's been on the show before. He's done some work with us at the Capitol. He's been very involved in the issues of religious liberty. And look, that's part of the importance of religious liberty, right? If we have the religious freedom, we have the opportunity to share the gospel. And uh, and some people— want us to be intimidated. They want us to be ashamed. They want to say there are only certain places where you can be and share the gospel. And so, you know, we'll see these attacks on Christians on their First Amendment rights. And then we see attacks like in Egypt, right? These two Coptic churches that were attacked last Sunday on Palm Sunday. And there's no question, this, this was not coincidence. It wasn't like, oh, somehow the attack just happened to be on Sunday, and it just happened to be when people were in the church. It's very clear this was targeted to be on Palm Sunday, and very quickly after this, you have ISIS, who claims responsibility. It's so interesting. you got to think, you know, it's like they raised their hand. Someone said, hey, who just killed all those people in the church? And ISIS is like, oh, we did, you know, like jumping up, raising their hand, volunteering. Yeah, yeah, it was us. I mean, just so incredible. I mean, maybe that's not the white word, but just Unbelievable, how you know giddy almost they are, yeah, look at us, we're the ones that did it, and so no shame at all, uh, celebrating it essentially, and so and, and I saw some of the reports and some videos and some uh you know some pictures, and so unbelievable that we see these things, you know, and so we see people taking more measures to ensure security, just to go to church on Sunday. And I was just doing a little bit of history. You probably know this stuff better than I do, but I had no idea what a Coptic Christian church was, Obviously, but it, but it, there's some origins. The origins are in, in Egypt, and Coptic, as I understand it, according to Wikipedia, is, that, that, is a, that that's the type of language that's spoken in Egypt, but that it relates— uh, back to Mark, but just some really interesting, a lot of history there of these churches that, um, you know, are clearly under attack in this part of the country, part of the world, excuse me. Yeah.
1: Uh, well, you're right, and it, it's tragic because the city of Tanta and Alexandria, you had 45 people who were killed. You're talking about thousands of families, friends, and everybody else whose lives have been radically changed because of the kind of hatred that you see going on in situations like that, and so it, it is sad. In fact, the Saint Joseph Roman Catholic Church in Cairo this morning has a military tank stationed outside with five Egyptian soldiers to protect that church in Cairo from a similar possible attack. I and mean, that's going on right now as you and I are speaking uh, to each other on the radio. So it is—it's you know the the church in the Middle East is just taking a beating right now, uh, whether it be in Syria, uh, Iraq, or in Egypt. And it's always amazing me because you and I deal with this on a regular basis here in Texas that when you and I speak to issues and we try to address things, you and I get called for hate speech and stuff. And we try to speak on family and freedom and those kind of things. But you want to see what real hate is. Then turn your TVs on and look what happened at Tampa and Alexandria. Look at when the people in the St. Joseph Roman Catholic Church go to into services this week with tanks sitting outside. Those those are the threats that are real, and that's the real hatred that's going on in the world. And yet, as believers, you and I are called to stand firm, stand strong, and that's what the Prophet Christians will do. Uh, I know it's very nerve wracking this day, as they like, I don't even certain they're going to meet for Easter uh, worship on Sunday. The last thing I heard, uh, but they'll be back and they'll be strong. But you know, the world needs to pay attention uh, to this because that's what hatred is. So I, I think sometimes our world loses focus. On truth, and then they don't know what is love and hate. But when you're taking innocent lives like that, I mean, that that is one of the worst tragedies and one of the most hateful things that can take place in life.
0: Well, let's switch gears and talk about some things that are happening here locally. You know, uh, one of the things that we've been working on is Issues of Religious Freedom. You were a part of some help that we were doing. And if you hear some background noise, my children are in the recording studio with me today. And so uh, I have asked them to be quiet. Their notion of what quiet means is different than mine. <laughs> but uh, so but hey, I, I love having my children a part of what I do. And so that's what comes with me for people that are around me. And uh, so nonetheless, um, they are a joy. Um, even when they don't obey their father sometimes. But nonetheless, I'm just having a little bit of fun with them. So, but locally here, last this week, uh, a law passed the Senate which makes it clear that county clerks, justice of the peace, people that are government employees that are a part of issuing marriage licenses and performing marriages have the right to recuse themselves from these situations, when it comes to a, um, a request from a marriage that it goes against their religious beliefs. Now, there's no question that um, this is coming up in part because of the U.S. Supreme Court forcing us to change our laws in the state of Texas, or, or or trying to or overlook them when it comes to the issue of same-sex marriage. And so, but this law does not prevent a same-sex couple from getting a marriage license or getting a marriage ceremony. It just says they can't force any person that they want to have to do it, that if people have a religious objection and want to be recused, like judges get asked for recusal all the time on cases for different reasons, that specifically in the law, they have that protection. Now, I know you've been a part of our religious freedom efforts. You've been a part of coming to the Capitol uh, on the pastor protection law, um, obviously on the Texas Privacy Act. But this is another extension of, it's not just about pastors that should have religious freedom and people at church. Even in your government... Uh, work, you sh- you have religious freedom. And look, it's not anything new. One of the things I brought up in testimony was the case of Desmond Doss, who is a who's depicted in the movie Heart, uh, Hacksaw Ridge. Who, I mean, here's a guy who was a conscientious objector, a very strong Christian. He didn't want to have to kill people, but he was wanted to serve in the military. Well, you think how's he going to do that, right? the The court ruled that he had a right to continue to serve without being forced to kill people. He ended up saving hundreds of lives in the battlefield. And so if Desmond Doss can coexist, if you will, as a military service person in combat and not be forced to kill people, surely there's room in the law that government employees don't have to have a religious test and they can serve in these roles as county clerks and judges, and they have many roles. It's not just issuing a marriage license. Surely we can coexist and balance their religious liberty interests while still serving the people. What do you think, Pastor Branson?
1: No, I think it's very critical that we keep the religious freedom. You know, over the last three four years, I have become friends with quite a few people across the United States who have lost their religious freedom. A lot of times people don't think this is really happening. Kelvin Cochran, the fire chief in Atlanta, who was one of the number one fire chiefs in America. Obama had made him uh, head fire chief in Washington, D.C. for a couple of years, had gone back to Atlanta, and got employee of the year. But because of his beliefs on, on, on family and freedom and everything else, the mayor of Atlanta fired him, and he's never been able to get back into the line of business. He had done well for 30 years. The clients in, in Oregon have taken an unbelievable beating, both financially and emotionally and spiritually, because they would not do a wedding. And, and I'm just, and my, my close friend, Sergeant Monk, and what happened to him. Yeah, the Sergeant Monk, a,
0: a military, a government employee, if you will, in that situation. Yes.
1: And and one of the worst stories I I know is what happened to Chaplain West Mater, SEAL Team 6 chaplain, who uh, he just got out of the Navy after 22 great years of service because of his view on, uh, on marriage. And he was, uh, ramrodded and uh, taken advantage of and hurt in an unbelievable way. I know I've, I've interviewed him for a, a television program up in Washington, D.C., and I know how much it, it, it wounded his heart to, 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 to have to leave the Navy over what he went through. And he was one day doing his job, and the next day it was taken away from him. So I've seen the loss of, of religious freedom. These are my friends. We, we sit and have dinner together. We've talked. We've become very good buddies through all of the stuff that's happened the last two or three years. So it, it's, a, it's something that's quietly working its way through the country where, where there are forces at work that are trying to take away religious freedom. So a lot of times when you and I go to stand up, we sometimes look like we're crying about something that's not a big deal. But it's starting to become a big deal, and if we don't stop it now, we're going to lose something very valuable. I'll tell you a quick story. i got to keep it real tight, what, what I say. But I have a friend from a communist country that I'm helping to get a Ph.D. here in America— I'm paying for him to be able to do that. And he flew in recently. I've been to his place several times, but he flew in recently. And uh, I met him in a a major city here in America, took him some money because he's very, very poor, so he could get his mortgage in class. I I offered him to eat anywhere he wanted to eat in this major city. And he wanted a steak because he he has no access to that kind of of just a simple food like you and I used to eating. So we went in the restaurant, and we're sitting there, and we're talking, we're just having a guy's night, and we're just shooting the breeze with each other. I had met Donald Trump a couple weeks earlier. He was asking me about it. I was asking about his country. Uh, we were talking politics, religion, just what guys would do around a table in a restaurant in America, having a good time. We even got into sports and other aspects of life. And when I took him back to the school to let him out for the night and to head back home, he said, thank you. And so well, I'm glad you had a good time. He said, no, that's not what I'm thanking you for. He says, when you and I were sitting in the restaurant and you said something about Trump and then you asked something about uh, my country and my leader, I was scared. I got so scared I couldn't eat.
0: Mm. I
1: don't even know if you noticed, but I was scared to death. And he said, right in the middle of our conversation, I stopped. And then he said, this is freedom. I'm not going to get in trouble. Wow. I have the right to my opinion. He said, and then he said, I have never tasted freedom till tonight. That struck me so hard because we take for granted what we have here in this country. We have been blessed that any of us can hold whatever value it is, and nobody can hurt us because of what we believe. That's what religious freedom is. It's for those like me who hold a deep and abiding faith in the Lord Jesus, but also for those who don't hold any faith of any kind or don't believe in a God. We have the freedom in America to live our lives without having to worry. But that's being threatened. And so that's why you and I are doing what we're doing. We've seen our friends have their lives ruined by forces here in America that would like to take all that away. And so this is a time at Easter for us, as we reflect upon the resurrection of Christ, to get some courage and say, I'm going to stand firm. I am going to stand up, and I'll be the salt and light that I'm supposed to be to make certain that all of us have the privileges— to live in this country freely and without the threat of anything against us well yeah, I think no doubt think
0: important no doubt you're absolutely right we 're talking with Pastor Steve Branson pastor of Village Parkway Baptist Church in San Antonio, member of the Texas Pastor Council, a great friend of ours and look these are great reflections because when we look at what 's happening in other parts of the world I mean there 's one thing you know about. America is we care about other people, not just within our own country, but other parts of the world, and we care about our fellow Christians across the world. And when we're strong, we can be in a position where we can help them, we can provide aid, we can step in in situations, and, um, and I can guarantee you if we see continued attacks on Christians in other parts of the world, one of the groups of people, if you will, in countries that will be leading in the defense— Of that religious freedom is the United States. And whether that's more likely to happen with Trump, you know, people can debate that politically. Um, I think. That is the case. Um, that's not a swipe at our former president. That is just a, uh, the matter of fact of some of the challenges and disrespect we saw to religious freedom under his administration. But I think even no matter who it is, if it's Democrat, Republican, we've seen a long history of the United States stepping in when we see the, uh, these atrocities happen. And, and I hope they stop. I hope we don't see any more of this, um, these direct attacks on Christian churches, but I fear that we will. And um, you know, and 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 I I hope we don't see those things happening here. We've seen some incidents happen in churches here in the United States. I hope we don't, but I know people are taking certain security measures here in the United States um, because people, you know, in all parts of the world want to do harm to Christians. And uh, but you know, and, and we can't help but allow some of those thoughts to enter our mind at times, and so. You think about reflecting on Jesus knowing what he was going to face and sometimes us getting maybe just a little glimpse and a feel of what it's like to honor our Lord and Savior, to put our faith on the line, and to walk into church in a place that's supposed to be sacred, knowing that from time to time there may be some element of risk of our life, our safety, and livelihood, and yet we will still take that brave, courageous, courageous, and necessary, and redemptive step. So, Pastor Branson, thank you for being with us today and being a guest on our show, and just to you and your family and your congregation, we wish you a blessed Easter uh, service and celebration tomorrow.
1: Thank you, Johnson. appreciate it. And tell you, kids, they did well in the background.
0: All <laughs> right. So, uh, well, it's good to have Pastor Branson on. He and I w- have worked together for many years. He's also involved in many efforts on the pro-life front um, with a very well to, uh, well-doing and thriving pregnancy center. I didn't even get to get into that with them. They had a event last week with the Benham Brothers, and the Attorney General of our state was out there. Nicole Hudgens from our staff was out there. And so we're about out of time. we got to wrap it up for this week's show. You know, um, I will be— um, worshiping with my family tomorrow. I'm excited about that. And, um, you know, I'm not going to let any element of fear stop me from going to church. I don't say that in, in a, you know, in a, in a boastful way. Um, you know, I, I know we're not under the same threats that they are in Egypt. Please do not mishear me. I'm not trying to compare ourselves to that. Um, I can't imagine what that's like. I hope we never have to imagine that. Um, but we have to be mindful that if we don't do something, at least in our own way, to message that that's unacceptable and it shouldn't be happening. It's something that we could see more likely to happen here in the United States. And so um, we're a global world now, whether you know some people like that or not. Um, we communicate that way. And so you know think about, in some ways, posting a message or sending the signal to people that you think that it's wrong and that you're standing with your fellow Christians around the world on this Easter weekend— on this Easter Sunday coming up tomorrow. Have a blessed Easter Sunday, and don't ever take for granted the great blessings and freedoms we have, which are such a big reason of why Jesus can reach people how he can reach you and continue to reach you and give you that ultimate freedom. So God bless you, have a great Easter, and I look forward to talking with you on the Texas Values Report next week.